Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, I interview incredible, badass, real estate investing goddesses, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space. And my guest today, Atia Blair, is certainly no exception to that. She's so badass. She's a multifamily real estate investor. She's a real estate mentor and a licensed realtor in Pennsylvania and Maryland. Her company, The Real Estate Reset, focuses primarily on rehabbing severely distressed properties and turning them into beautiful homes for Philadelphia residents. Atia also specializes in short-term rentals, and she's been investing in real estate since 2007 when she was only 23 years old. Gosh, I wish I'd started at 23. That would have been... <laughs> just happy I started. She's passionate about sharing her wealth-building knowledge like, like me with, with other women and other aspiring real estate investors. Her signature mentorship program teaches her students how to build a million-dollar real estate portfolio in one year. Before becoming a real estate investor, she worked for NBC, CBS, and Fox News for 10 years. Welcome, Atia. So glad to be here, Monique. Good to see you. <laughs> Good to be with everyone. Wow, you have an incredible story. So you're working in TV, big stations, and what got you into real estate investing, especially so young? Yeah, so I was always fascinated with real estate. I actually stumbled upon a picture not that long ago of me holding my niece. I'm 19 years old in this picture. My niece was a few months old. And in the picture next to me, there's a book and it's Home Buying 101. And I'm 19 years old. I'm like, man, I've been thinking about this a long time. But it's interesting that I never considered going into real estate full-time until I left my full-time job. But when I bought that house at 23, I just wanted to be a homeowner and I didn't have a lot of money, uh, but I had a lot of determination and living paycheck to paycheck. I, you know, scraped together my coins and I bought this first house and it was the start of a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. Didn't even know it. <laughs> Amazing. So this first property was just for you to live in. So you're like, okay, I'm going to buy my own home, which is a, what a lot of people think of when they think of real estate, like I'm just buying a home to live in. What made you go from that to being an investor? Yeah. So I knew when I bought that first house, I knew that I was going to buy a house that I can rent out easily because I was living in North Carolina, working for NBC News, no family down there. I'm super family oriented. I knew I would come back you know, up north to be closer to my family. Uh, so the goal was to buy something for me to live in now instead of continuing to pay rent while I was there. And then I lived there for 11 months and then I rented it out, not even a, a full year. And I moved to Philadelphia. So the transition, it wasn't immediate. Um, so I still worked in television for another three or four years after that. So that was 2007. I left TV in 2011. So when I left television, I knew the entrepreneurship was for me, but I still didn't think about real estate investing. I actually love speaking. And so that's what I was leaving to do, but it didn't quite work out the way that I thought that it would, you know, initially like business was really hard. I was struggling to just 
find my lane um, per se. So I got to the point where I was like, okay, I have two options. Either I need to figure this out or figure this out, right? Because uh, going back to get a job, it just, I knew it wasn't for me, right? The thought made me sick to my stomach. So I said, okay, you know, I love real estate. Let me try a flip. And so that first flip went so well that I made more money on that first flip than I did all year in my struggling business. So guess what? I shut that business down. I said, bye-bye clients. It's been nice. And I went full-time in real estate. And that was about six years ago. Wow. Amazing. For 14 years, but I've been full-time in real estate for about six years now. And so that's when this whole thing really took off when I focused on it. Amazing. So now is that your, your main focus? Like that you're saying you, you rehab severely distressed properties. Is that, is that the main thing that you're doing right now? Yeah, that's, and that's been the main thing for quite some time now, but I'm adjusting a bit. So right now, everyone who's investing in real estate or interested in investing, uh, or just anyone with an ear knows that lumber prices are astronomical right now. And so instead of getting beat overside the head by the lumber prices, I said, okay, well, maybe I can focus on picking up some more turnkey properties. And then that's a good tax strategy as well. So I am pivoting just a little bit. I do have six rehabs going on right now, <laughs> but I bought them before I realized that, you know, I bought them before I bought all of these before the lumber prices went up, except one, one of them I bought this year. But so, yeah, getting through these rehabs, but I'm focusing on picking up more turnkey just until lumber prices come back down. So and when you say that, you're talking more buy and hold. To- yeah. So I, I, oh, so I didn't mention my first year of real estate investing full time. That was the last year that I flipped full time. So everything, I got four flips done in that first year. I made, you know, six figures in that first year, which was really awesome. But then when tax time came, I was like, yeah, this part is not awesome. And I don't want to do this every year. And so I adjusted my strategy after that first year. So I've been a buy and hold investor um, from the start, really after that first year. So yeah, just about everything I'm buying, I, I hold. Okay. Well, that's a good point for people to know because a lot of people think real estate is flipping and that's a very active strategy. When you're doing active strategies, you're going to be paying regular income tax, and um, which is different from the buy and hold strategies where you know then the, the tax day becomes your friend. Right? <laughs> like, yes. Exactly. You like smile. You're like, I'm paying so much, you know, so much less than everyone. Exactly. <laughs> it's not just what you make, it's what you get to keep. Yes. That matters. So really good. And okay, let me the what a like so you were talking a little bit about switching because of the lumber prices. Have you done and before we start rolling, you were you you were mentioned pivoting because of COVID. Is there anything else that you've changed in this economic climate? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the main things that I've changed is my Airbnb strategy. It's getting back to normal now because people are just ready to get out. People are getting their vaccine and they're getting out. Um, But when COVID first started, I mean, we were, most of us were decimated, (laughs) you know, um, with Airbnb, no one's traveling anymore. So, and a lot of people around them, I watched them shut their Airbnbs down, uh, especially folks who were doing Airbnb arbitrage. And they have like 10 of these uh, properties that they have to pay rent for every month with no income coming in. So anyway, 
um, I started doing longer short-term rentals. So instead of three days, I'm doing three months and all of my places stay full um, during the pandemic. So we're just now, they're rolling out now and starting to get back to normal. So that's one of the major adjustments I made. And um, the classes that I do, I usually have students flying in from all around the country to come to my classes. Uh, it's called How to Build a Million Dollar Real Estate Portfolio in One Year. I'm doing it fully virtual now. Um, I think we're realizing, like, you know, I believe that was the CEO of Twitter said, we'll never come back into the office again, right? So we're realizing that a lot of things that we used to do in person, we really can get it done just as well virtually. And so that's another shift as well. Yeah, I have a similar thing with our Wealth to Real Estate event. We were doing it in person, and then we started to do it virtually. And um, it's great virtually. <laughs> you know, a lot of pe- a lot more people can come. Yeah. So yeah, I I hear you on that. Mm-hmm. And with our that I found with our Airbnb, we we had to shut down. Um, we were forced to shut down for a couple of months, but then we were busier than ever. Where we were. It's in Big Bear Lake outside of LA. And I think because people wanted to travel, but yeah. they weren't traveling far. So we, and we got crazy prices. So way more than the previous years. I don't know if you experienced that at all. Yeah. Now that people are coming back into most of my Airbnbs are in Philadelphia, the demand is so high. The, sh- the shows and the plays are coming back. And then there are tons of sites that people just come through the city for. And as the universities open, all that is bringing traffic into the city because uh, Philly's a big hospital town and university town. So yeah, you can really, you can do well now. Hey goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. All right, so I want to ask you a question now. It's my favorite question because I find that we get we learn so much more from when things don't go well. So my question is, what was your biggest mistake? And what did you and what did you learn from it? Hands down, the biggest mistake is trying to do everything myself. And that is from and I am a true do it yourself kind of and I was I feel like I was born this way. I was like a little baby boss just doing my own thing, right? So from, you know, never having a mentor a real estate mentor, right? I was like, I'll figure it out myself. Granted, when I started investing in real estate, Instagram didn't even exist. So, you know, most of my students find me on Instagram. That did not exist for me to find someone, right? There were books and uh, Facebook at the time, maybe I'm dating myself, but Facebook at the time was still, you had to have a college at, you know, you're at college.edu to sign up for Facebook because that's how Facebook started for those who don't remember that. So there was nowhere to maybe Carlton Sheets, right? But I'm, you know, I hadn't even heard of that, right? That was even before my generation. So the point is I was learning by myself, could have been a lot further, a lot faster, made less mistakes, saved tons of money if I had a mentor. Glad that I figured it out. And now I'm able to help people avoid the same mistakes that I made. But that's one certainly. And then definitely in my company, when I started out, 
you know, my dad, he was actually a general contractor since the day I was born. So I'm, I'm pretty sure I picked up a lot more than uh, I thought I was picking up when I was running around his jobs as a little girl. And so with that, um, I would try to do some of the work myself. It takes so much time. My time can be spent, you know, better. And then as the company grows uh, or is growing and I'm dealing with this now, you know, just hiring people to help me run the Airbnb or having property management. You know, I did it all myself and I still, I have it in house, but I have someone on my staff. I have staff now helping me with that because I realized I was a bottleneck in my business. So that hands down biggest learning curve or learning opportunity, biggest mistake was just not hiring soon enough, fast enough, and trying to do things myself instead of letting the experts do it. So good. Yeah. So many people make that mistake, myself included, trying <laughs> to DIY and then trying to do this without a mentor. I did that for a long time and, you know, I kind of put it along. And then when I got a mentor, it was like incredible scale and incredible growth. So yeah, totally I'm all for that. And so what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? I actually had a pinch me moment um, not that long ago where I realized that I'm now making more money per month than I made all year in my good paying job as a TV producer. And I was like, what? (laughs) And it's such a huge victory because this is actually year 10, me being a full-time entrepreneur. I left in September of 2011. And those first five years, I almost made nothing. Right. So I really had to push and persevere and stick with it and adjust and be agile to get to where I am. And I've really done the work and I'm just I'm proud about that. And I'm excited about that because that's huge. And and the cool thing is, I realized that I can start making that much money from seeing other people, other women doing it. I'm like, oh, that we can do that. Okay. Well, let's do that then. And so I know for me, other people seeing me do that is going to make them realize it's possible. And it's like the gift that keeps on giving. So I'm just I'm really excited about that. <laughs> oh, you should be proud. That's amazing. And I, that's why I'm so happy I could highlight you and why I highlight other women on the show, because I want others to look and go, oh my gosh, if she can do it, I could do that too. I could do that, right? So beautiful. I I say all the time, um, it does not matter where you start. It's about how you finish because we didn't grow up. We had lots of love in our home, but like barely any money, right? I think sometimes we don't realize how little money we had sometimes for those who are in that situation until you grow up and be like, yeah, that's not normal. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I would ask my dad, I would be like, Daddy, I would hear the ice cream truck coming. I would say, Daddy, let me get 25 cents to go to the ice cream truck. And he would be like, baby, we got Wonder Bread and ice cream in the house, right? <laughs> uh, make your ice cream sandwich, right? Um, so we didn't have a lot of money, but we had a lot of love. And I tell folks, it really, it really doesn't matter where you start. It's about how you finish. And you, we really, with real estate investing, you really can build the life of your dreams. Absolutely. Here, here. I love that. Yeah. Somebody who, I don't know if you ever had to have the, the government cheese, but we had the government cheese. <laughs> yeah, we had that. That was right next to that uh, government ice cream. <laughs> it was not good. It was, like, it was there. It was like, oh my gosh, look at the, you know, it's on the, in the bank account. It's nice. All right. So, so what do you attribute your success? 
there's so many things. I think that there's a part of it where there are some things that I see show up now in my personality that I really do feel like I was born this way. I was a born leader. I'm literally like three years old, bossing people around. I had to, of course, my parents didn't allow it, but you know, that's what I wanted to do. So I do attribute just some natural, you know, skill to God and what he's gifted me with. I definitely attribute my parents who just nurtured my personality and my dad, who was a general contractor, who let me into his world every day. You know, uh, even though he was an entrepreneur, he would um, take me to school, you know, leave the house, take me to school. While he's taking me to school, his guys are hopping on the back of the truck. So I'm getting used to being around contractors all the time. When school's over, you know, while mom's cooking dinner, because she did stay home with us for a, a while, you know, I'm on dad's job and, you know, just, he's like, just don't touch the insulation. You're going to itch, right? <laughs> so just being in that environment, especially as a woman, has helped me be super confident and comfortable around contractors in the construction environment. So that was a, a gift that I didn't even realize. And even though we didn't have a lot of money, my mom always kept the home really beautiful. So I really got picked up some interior design and how a home should feel. And then uh, I have had some amazing business coaches, never a real estate mentor per se, which, like I said, I don't know that that's a plus, but definitely having business coaches and mentorship, that's made all the difference as well. So I would attribute it. And, and obviously hard work, right? Working hard. Everybody, I, I actually did a post on my Instagram page today just talking about how everyone wants to be a CEO until it's time to be a CEO, right? And the hours, like I certainly work more hours per day now for myself than I did when I was at NBC News, but it's so rewarding. It's so worth it. And um, yeah, I'd rather be doing that hard work for myself than somewhere else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? So what would I say? I would say that because I find a lot of women are intimidated, right? Because it's a male dominated industry where you have the option to be paralyzed by fear and rejection, potential for rejection, or you can step out there and amaze the world, but we don't get to do both. Right. And so what I found is that uh, most women who want to get started investing in real estate, but don't, it's really confidence that they're looking for. And confidence comes from clarity and it comes from doing the work. The cool thing is the clarity doesn't have to come from what you learn. It could come from, you know, a mentor, someone that you look up to and then, you know, doing the work. It's, it's just that doing the work. So that's what I would say, you know, get clarity however you can. If you do it the slower way, reading books, watching YouTube, that's fine. Just get it however you can. Getting a mentor definitely fast tracks that. And then just doing the work. We all know experience is the best teacher. Whether it's your experience, your mentor's experience, just get experience. And that's what I would say. And we can do it. We're out here doing it every day. Here are two women right here that are doing it. You can do it. And you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm a woman. It doesn't matter. We can do it too. Absolutely. Yeah. And what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? Oh, I wish I was aware of leveraging other people's money. So when I started out that first year, I just had my little coins and all I could afford was one house, right? It was a little $50,000 house was my first, uh, the first house that I bought. And that is all that I could afford was to, you know, I struggled to get through that. You know, I wasn't aware of using other people's money or I had those messages or when I would see things like hard money, it's like, what? Look at that interest rate. And then that's debt. I don't want debt because most of us were raised debt is bad. It's going to kill you. It's a murderer. Don't touch it, you know, but you really can leverage debt to build wealth. That's what the wealthy do. As we all sit here right now, 
the banks are investing our money that's sitting there, right? So if I knew that sooner, because as we sit here today, I actually, like I said, I have six rehabs going on and I have very little of my own money in the, I have money in one of those projects. So if I learned the power of leveraging business credit, leveraging other people's money, I would have got ahead a lot further, a lot faster. So before we get into our famed end the show Trinity, which is a brag of gratitude and a desire, how can people reach you, find out more about what you do? Sure. So the best way to check me out is on Instagram at Atia Blair. I'm sharing tons of free information there every single day. So at Atia Blair, I also have a free webinar that I do um, where I really break down the strategy of how I picked up 30 rental units in a two-year period. And you can go to atiablairrealestate.com to get that. Again, it's atiablairrealestate.com and you can check that out. It's actually actionable steps that you can take now to get yourself ready to accomplish something like that. Okay. So now it's time for our Trinity to brag a gratitude and a desire. First, your brag. What are you celebrating right now? Two months ago, something incredible happened. My husband and I, well, I say my I decided I wanted to move. I'm like, I got to go, baby. And so um, we moved into a new place and we moved into the, a condo that was more than a million dollars. And coming from where I come from, I mean, I grew up in the hood, you know, pre-gentrified DC, like DC, Chocolate City, DC. And that is just, it's pinching myself still. So I'm proud of and, and excited about that. Well bragged. Yeah. And what's one thing you're grateful for? I am grateful for, I have to give my, my husband some credit. He is just terribly supportive. In those first five years before, you know, and he encouraged me to leave, you know, my job. He's like, I believe in you. And then um, those five years where I barely made any money the first five years, he didn't go like, you know, what's happening here? He was just super patient and super supportive. And that just gives me the time and freedom I need to build my business. And I'm grateful for that because I know a lot of the women that come into my mentorship, they're like, Atia, how do I get this guy on board? You know? So I just appreciate him for being awesome. Beautiful. And last but not least, what's one desire? One desire, I really want to help as many women as possible invest in real estate with clarity and confidence. I truly believe that you are not really winning unless the people around you are winning as well. So it's not enough that I figured it out. It's my job to make sure I help as many people who want to figure this out, help them do that. And it's really important to me. So that's one desire and I'm working at it every day. As a someone, I feel like a, a soul sister with a similar mission. Okay. So shall your desire be. We're so much better than you can imagine. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was great. Y'all, you can connect with Atia at Atia Blair on Instagram or go to tiablairrealestate.com to to get that amazing webinar she talked about and just find out more about her. Connect with me at REI Goddesses on Insta or reigoddesses.com. There we have a how to get started in real estate investing, even as a busy professional woman webinar. You can get into our investor club, connect with our amazing community of women all over the world investing in real estate. I look forward to connecting with you there and make sure you subscribe and like and share so you can Never miss another amazing real estate investor guys podcast interview. Bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. 
If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.